Game Cola faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola podcast. This is podcast number 121, and I am your host and podcast commander, Joseph Martin. I'm Jedi Jedrizak, Jeditor in Chief, Jed Jedman, the Jedster. You don't have to make fun of me. I was just concerned last time. You don't have to make fun of me for bringing up the fact that you didn't say Jeditor Chief last time, Jedi. Okay. You can just you can just let me be and let everybody introduce themselves and not make fun of me. And I think that's fair to do to everyone else. Who else is here? I'm here. I, I'm John. I sometimes make videos. Uh, I, I'm James Pelster, and I sometimes also make videos. And my my name has three E's in it. Hi, I'm Coley, and I don't make videos, but I stream, and there are VODs. So I guess and your counts. name has two E's in it. Yes, it does. My name has two Z's in it. Jenny's <laughs> name has like every consonant in the English language. In a row. Yeah, in a row. In a row. <laughs> um, so welcome to the podcast. It's podcast 121. It's a palindrome. Isn't that fun? Um, we've got some big news to reveal to you today, everybody. Like huge news. Mm-hmm. Sims 4 has seasons. What? Oh my god, time of <laughs> Anna really wanted me to say on the podcast that Sims 4 has seasons. And it's been, Sims 4 came out, like, a long time ago. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it's going to be just in time for the announcement of Sims 5. Yeah, so after four years, after four years of the game being out, I guess, yeah, Sims 4 Years Until 4 Seasons is the name Uh. of the game, secretly. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that's interesting. Um, it's, it's like, there's a lot of things where it's like, everyone's like, Sims 4 is getting seasons, it's like. Do people? I thought people gave up on Sims Four honestly, like when it came out. Like, don't I people don't didn't say really that because like Anna's gonna watch this and she's gonna get upset at you. <laughs> I mean, I know Anna plays it, but I mean, I thought I know I know people play it. I just thought people played it like begr- begrudgingly. No, I mean, you get to build. You build your own place. No, no, no I'm I'm not. This is not. This is not a criticism. This is not a criticism of the Sims format. I'm just saying that my reaction. I know a lot of people who've been playing Sims for a long time, and they, most of them were like still played Sims Four and still enjoyed Sims Four, but were very disappointed with Sims Four because of things like it didn't have seasons for four years <laughs> in it, and that most of the stuff that was like included in the like for free DLC or just included in the base game of Sims Three and before was added as paid DLC in Sims Four. Well, surprise. Now you can enjoy your Sims again with Seasons. Eh, Sims 3 is still better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really see why Seasons, like, I don't actually know what this Seasons <laughs> DLC actually has in it, but just calling, just saying, oh, Sims 4 has Seasons, it's like, wow, <laughs> how, 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 how many hundreds of dollars does that cost to get changing colors of the leaves around you? Wow. And snow physics, James. <laughs> Uh huh, and you can probably get a placeable snowman, and it's gonna cost twenty five dollars. It's great. I don't know if it. I don't know if it actually costs money. It's coming late June. It's not even out yet. Um, it was just announced. Oh, there you go. Oh, so it doesn't have seasons right now. You lied to us. Yeah. So season. I mean, so Sims Four will have seasons. Seasons yeah, it will have pending. Seasons. I didn't actually like. Usually, when I have announcements like this, I do a little bit of cursory research. But like, just before the podcast starts started uh and was like hey tell them that sims 4 is seasons and i was like oh okay uh if you want seasons you uh they're they're coming out on june 22nd which will be a couple weeks after this podcast comes out oh wow that's the same day that uh, mario tennis aces gets released 
Stiff competition. (laughs) The the gaming battle of the ages. Sims 4 Seasons versus Mario Tennis on Nintendo Switch. Who will win? Who will be the victor? DLC versus a Nintendo game. Hmm. The exact same market pools. Exactly. And it's going to be about, I mean, people are going to die. Let's just <laughs> um, There's going to be riots. There's going to be pitchforks, torches, everything. And we here at Game Cola will be sure to give you a play-by-play. So be sure to come back for our exciting <laughs> we coverage. We here at Game Cola <laughs> will forget about this by the next podcast. <laughs> Let's get into uh, some other gaming news a little bit more up front. Who, who, here, who here has, like, E3 predictions and, like, Stuff they want to talk about, like hopes and dreams and stuff like that. Like a little bit, but if nobody else wants to, but I mean... I think someone's probably going to make a video game. Yes! (laughs) Whoa! See? We don't even need to talk about you. I I can't wait for, uh... I can't wait for Paul and uh, for Paul and Jetty to announce their their new collab venture at E3. Oh my god! Their new game. Is Blickner gonna be Jet- there? You mean Alex to Alex? It, it, no, it's gonna be it's oh, gonna no. be uh, it's gonna be a point and click adventure game based on Pizzerian. Oh my god! No, no, we've we've already established that whenever Paul and Jetty are gonna work together, it's to make a dating simulator called Alex to Alex, where everyone is named Alex and also played by Alex Jedrzak. <laughs> and you date, you pick one of them. So to it's date. a narcissism simulator. No, um, you, you don't play as an Alex. Oh, oh, everyone... Okay, so it's only a narcissism uh, simulator if someone named Alex plays it, like in real. You life. don't play as you play it as a person named Alex. I forgot about that. But it's not. It isn't. Yeah, you're not that one of... isn't played by Jetty. Yeah, that's oh. right. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Because remember, you're going to so, have the name select screen, and it's going to ask you to type in your name, and it'll change it to Alex, no matter what you type. <laughs> That's awesome. Not even at, not even after. Like, as you're ty- like every single time you press a key, like, no matter what it is, it's just presses the next letter in the word out, Al- in the name Alex. No, I, it, should, it should definitely be like South Park Stick of Truth. It's like, you have entered... Alex. There, there is also um, Paul and I have been uh, talking for several years about the Legend of the Seven Beards, a uh, <laughs> a classically styled RPG. Yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember that. That's if you go and listen to the pod, like earlier podcasts, like probably in like the 30s and 40s, I think um, that discussion shows up there. Yeah, somewhere in there. <laughs> I'd, I'd be interested to see that. Um, well, it's a podcast, so you can only listen to it. Um, so look out for those for those and games uh, at E three. Definitely, <laughs> Coley. Did you? What What are you excited for? What do you What do you hope to see at E three? I really hope uh, to see stuff about the new Pokemon game and also Smash. But I really kind of hope they don't talk about Mario Tennis Aces because they had the whole last direct to talk about Mario Tennis Aces. So if they talk about it again at E three, I'm gonna be a little bit upset. But I'll let them do it anyway. Because it's Nintendo, and they do whatever. they'll do what they want. Is there a version of this story where you don't let them do whatever <laughs> they want? Yes. Like, you say, like, I will let them do it as if, like, you you could have stormed up on stage, taken down the stream, and been like, talk about Pokemon. I mean, I might. <laughs> I'm pretty feisty, so. You walk on the stage holding Mario's head in the headlock with a, with a Nintendo zapper <laughs> pointed at. Do not talk about Mario Tennis. Talk about something else! <laughs> 
or Mario gets it. <laughs> um, I they're definitely gonna. There's no way they don't talk about Smash, even at least a little bit offhand, because that a was tournament. the whole like. Oh right! About yeah, there is a tournament about the new Switch Smash, whatever form that takes. Like that was like their hook for the last direct. So there's no way that they're not gonna bring it up. I am a little concerned that they just use it as the ending hook again. Oh god! Um, but it's supposed yeah. to. Probably they open with it. It's supposed that to come be, out that though. Would be some cool. Yeah. Like so, they can't do a little like another teaser thing where it's like, "Ha, here's a little bit of Smash by," because it's coming out this year. Like they confirmed it's yeah. coming out this year. Yeah, they're so. going to show a trailer and then they're holding a Smash Brothers tournament, which is going to be the Switch version. Like a, a I pre- think they're also okay. doing a Mario Tennis one. Are they doing some kind of? I don't know if it's at E3 they're doing it, but they're doing some kind of like tournament with some demo for it. So they'll talk about well, they'll talk about Smash, and we'll see what form that's taking. Is it a remake or a port? Yeah, I really Listen hope they to figure that one out. Two podcasts ago to to find out what we thought about that. So there's that Pokemon. <laughs> I feel like well, oh, I we did hear rumors, and I don't know if you heard about these, Coley, but like that. Let's go, um, Eevee and Pikachu. I think. Yeah, yes. something about that, yeah. that they're gonna try to mix up the format. Did did they actually say they were going to make it more like Pokemon Go, or did people just see the word Go in Let's Go and be like, guys, here's my hot take of the century. It's going to be Pokemon well, Go. Well, I want to know where people like got the idea that they were definitely, oh, that this definitely means Gen 1 remakes. Because I've heard because... a lot of talk about them being Gen 1. It's like, yes, Pikachu and Eevee are both Gen 1 Pokemon, but unless it's a remake of... of of yellow and the non-existent alternate game to yellow, because yellow, your rival had an EV, but they would have to come up with an alternate color to yellow or something, or maybe that maybe James. they didn't, and that you know maybe they couldn't, and so that's why they changed the name. I don't know. James, it's this suspicious leak on the internet that very clearly couldn't have been faked in any regard. <laughs> yeah. So clearly everything needs to be taken at extreme face value. Because even if it is true, it's definitely also the kind of material that the that Nintendo and uh, Pokemon wanted to represent this game. Because that's why it was leaked uh, by accident and not on purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think I I think there's very I do think that they're probably going to try to mix up the format a little bit. I mean, they already tried to do that with Sun and Moon with the way they handled gems. Um, they tried to make it slightly different. So like I think bringing it to Switch and like having this weird like handheld but also console thing, it's definitely going to get weird for a bit. Um, and I could definitely see like taking like the two like being safe and being like here are the two most popular Pokemon. Start with that. <laughs> And people will probably be on board. Because you either get Pikachu, and everybody loves Pikachu, or if you don't love Pikachu, you've got Eevee. And there's a... And Eevee can turn into anything. Yeah, statistically, you like one of the things that Eevee turns into. Because there's like 17. There's like... And there'll probably be a new one, too. And it'll be like, you know, a lamp type or something (laughs) new. (laughs) And it'll be great, and it'll be called Lampion. I think you and need to love it. Revisit I mean, there's already Pokemon Pope. called Lantern. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. No, there's a Shan- there's Chandelier, which is actually a Chandelier. Well, yeah, but then there's Lantern, which whose name sounds like Lantern, which is a it's type a of light. Yes, it is a fish, but I'm saying it sounds <laughs> like it could be a lamp. No. I also, I'm still Nintendo. I'm still waiting for my fighting type evolution. Dragon type evolution. 
I <laughs> I'm waiting for my ground type wait. I, I I bet you I'm gonna I'm gonna call it if they add a new evolution I'm calling it it's gonna be flying type. I think that's like, what I'm guessing. The only things that I think that are like kind of confirmed and maybe not even exactly confirmed for the next Pokemon that this I think is like almost guaranteed that they're not going to be putting any more main game series Pokemon games on the 3DS. Like, they're done with that. I mean, that, that makes this sense. Upsets. That just makes right. sense. This upsets me. They said that Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon was the best they thought they could get it to look on the 3DS, and they said, yeah, we're we're done. You don't need to get it to look any better. Just get it to play just as good. I don't know. It, it, I know it's all just an excuse because I don't want to have to buy a Switch. Uh, yeah, like, I get like that. That's fair. But, like, from a business standpoint... Yeah, no, I, I get it. I, I'm just complaining. I'm just you can get Detective Pikachu. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you play Detective Pikachu? No, I Has saw the Amiibo. I, I have it. I have Detective Pikachu. I have not played it because I'm scared. James, you're letting me down. <laughs> you're letting me down. I need to know. I need to know, but also I don't want to spend the money on it, so that's what you're here for. All I know is the code name for the game is Bakery, for some reason. What? What? That's all I know. Maybe it was going to be a cooking Pokemon game before. Like a cooking mama detective. Pokemon cross. I don't know. All I know is that like all of the games, I, like, I've looked at the game data itself. Not at the yeah, game while were... playing it. I've just, I just dumped it and like looked at all the files. And I know that the game's code name is Bakery for some reason. Maybe they were gonna make it like Cooking Mama, and they called it Cooking Pikachu, and they're like, "Wait a minute! Oh, oh, we have to. We ha we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to re refocus. Yeah, rebound. Yeah. Yeah. How about thing. Detective Pikachu? That doesn't have any weird connotations, and that's the story of how Detective Pikachu was born. <laughs> I think, uh, John, did you say that you had other hopes, dreams for E three? Um, I have something. Um, earlier this week, Walmart accidentally, um, posted ahead of time what their, uh, pre-orders are gonna be, and Oops. there are, and they accidentally leaked, uh, what's gonna be revealed for some, some of the conferences. The first one was Gears of War 5, uh, Forza Horizon 4, which no one's played, Just Cause 4, which I'm excited about, a new Ooh. Splinter Cell, a new Assassin's Creed, which was expected, um, DLC for Destiny 2, uh, Lego DC Villains. And, oh, villains! And the Dragon Quest built, uh, Dragon Quest Builders two, and the long overdue Borderlands three. Oh wow! Oh, that's right. I heard about that. Those are, yeah, those are. There's some pretty big ones in there. I know just cause just cause four will mean that there's going to be a lot more uh, posts on Reddit.com/r/gamephysics. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah, just cause three was like so insane. Yeah, uh, uh, hopefully they they lean into it. Um, cause I think that's like the game's like major selling point because as someone who watched my brother like play through the game, like the actual game, not that exciting, <laughs> at least from a viewership standpoint, maybe if you get invested in the narrative, but I'm not big on narrative games. So like, you know, take my opinion with the grain of salt. Um, what were you saying? Oh, I was going to say, uh, I just thought of something that I am looking forward to it, uh, to hopefully see at E3 and that's, uh. Bowser's Inside Story Plus. Oh yeah, uh, with like Bowser Jr. Because that is my favorite Mario and Luigi game of all time. The original mm. is, and although I am incredibly disappointed that they skipped Partners in Time, you're the only one. <laughs> I am still, and as much as it's like, well, it's just a remake. You know, how much is it going to be? I am, and, and and as much as I'm not a huge fan of the the new art 
direction that they've taken the series in. I still like the the kind of cartoony outline form. But aside from that, I do look forward to seeing it because that game was just so much fun, and I want to see if they add something new to it that I I will enjoy. And you know, and I've been meaning to play that game again. And hey, this is a perfectly good excuse to. Uh, as a fighting game fan, I am definitely looking forward or hoping for a Mortal Kombat 11 from NetherRealm. Mortal Kombat 11? They're up to 11 now? Yep. The last game was Mortal Kombat well. X, which was 10, technically. But uh, yeah, they've been doing, NetherRealm's been doing this pattern where they do a Mortal Kombat game, then a DC game, then another one, and then, so yeah, Injustice 2 just finished. Um, they had their Game of Year edition just come out. So everyone's thinking, oh, Mortal Kombat 11 is next. And I, and they've been hinting at it too. So I'm, I'm really excited. So are they going to call it Mortal Kombat XI or is it going to be 11? It's probably going to be, because it's weird. They're probably like, going to go back to cliche subtitles. Do you, so wait, what, oh, was it sort of like, is it sort of like a Mario Kart 7 and 8 thing where they like hadn't been numbering it and then they got to 10 and it's like, hey, numbers. I mean, <laughs> I mean, well, uh, Mortal Kombat 9, everyone calls it that, but it's just called Mortal Kombat because of, it was a reboot. So, and then Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. X was just so happened. Oh, it's the 10th one. Screw it. Just call it X. But everyone calls it what X. Is, no one calls it 10. Uh, just just like how Sonic, you know, Sonic 06 he was originally just called Sonic the Hedgehog. Because, again, it was meant to be a reboot, but no one calls it that. But wasn't there, like, an XL? Like, what was that a new game, or was that just... That was X a, with DLC. That was uh, the Game of the Year edition. Oh, okay. I'm not Mortal Kombat person, so I was like, okay, there's X, there's XL, cool. XL. You, you just need a bigger... <laughs> it, it, it just... It just every, everything is just zoomed in. <laughs> XL, it just zoomed in. Not Everything's even, really no, no. big. Completely different no, aspect ratio. They just, they just pan the camera like to down and like at an upward angle so it makes everybody look taller but everything's the same size <laughs> full mortal kombat xl experience please turn on the digital zoom on your television settings please stand directly in front of the television <laughs> no you need you need to play no, it on closer. a you need to play it on, a, on a movie screen in order for it to be xl a little bit closer keep going keep going you got to get your nose right up on there <laughs> joe i'm blind now perfect yeah, other than Nintendo, I think that's pretty much all, all my predictions. Or, yeah, I definitely want Mortal Kombat 11. And, uh, oh, there's also uh, Rage 2 that was also leaked. Uh, the original Rage was a technical marvel. It was made by the creator of Doom. Uh, came out in 2011. Not many people talked about it. Everyone thought it was just meh. But it did a lot for, like, it did a lot for um, graphics engines and whatnot. So, I, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So that's going to be a thing. Oh yeah, and then of course, um, I definitely want to see the Final Fantasy VII remake because that is we have not seen anything from that for like probably a year at this point. Well, because they had to start over. Exactly, but they got to show something this time. Otherwise, everyone's going to be like, "Ah, oh, it's canceled." <laughs> I I, I kind of feel like they might not show anything. <laughs> I kind of feel like they won't. I don't know. Well, I'm holding out. I mean, it would kind of make sense, though, because it's like, what is it? It's now the, the 10th anniversary, or, or no, the 20th anniversary of, or no, well, because it's 2018, so last year would have been the, the 20th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII, I think. And they messed that one up. Yep. Oops. Like, well, we missed the birthday. No reason to show anything this year. <laughs> yeah, um, Final Fantasy VII is going to be on the best game of 20 years ago for uh, 2017 on the upcoming Game Cola Video Game Awards. Oh, yeah. Nice segue. 
everybody, everybody, get get your games ready, get your votes ready. Get your we'll weapons ready. Viewer... Wait. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Mega Man is on there. Mega yes, Man, it we're, is. we're finally getting into Mega Man territory. And if, gosh darn, if Mega Man doesn't win one of the best games of the year oh, yeah. for one of the years, I'm going to be real upset. This Prepared whole, to get real upset. This, this, whole, this, whole, <laughs> this whole thing's going to tear I'm going to vote apart. for Mega Man. Oh, wait. Um, Spoilers. But yeah, so uh, remember, uh, if, if you're not familiar, if you're sort of new to Game Cola, um, we uh, give ourselves an extra six months to play um, all the games of 2017 for our award show. Um, since we don't really, you know, they don't just give us a million video games like they give, like, the big dogs. So, um, we, we take an extra six months, we play through, uh, some of last year's games, and then we have our big, uh, awards, uh, posts in, uh, July, and then we have our, uh, award show, Ho Ho Holiday, uh, live cast extravaganza awards, uh, uh, is it, wait, is it? Is it 20, 2017 in 2018 yeah. uh, featuring Dante from the Devil May, May Cry series? <laughs> and, and Knuckles. Uh, Knuckles and now Knuckles. featuring new funky mode. Yes. <laughs> Turbo edition. New play control. Um, Plus. So yeah, so Plus. look out for those things. And uh, remember <laughs> to keep an eye out for the post. I think it'll be, will it be in July, Jetty? The, the fan yeah. vote? Well, um, um, part, part of the deal is it's also combined with the... Uh, the Christmas in July, ho ho holiday like right. cast, hmm. yeah. So like, can we just yeah, so actually change the name to the super super long and drawn out one? Because that's amazing. <laughs> no, it is. That is the name. That it's is the name. It reminds me so much of this one like edit I saw of like a of like the the Smash Brothers like trailer. It was like you can play this game on the Nintendo Wii U Classic GameCube controller remote pad, <laughs> Chuck Plus Pro. Yeah, no, I mean, if you go if you go on the YouTube channel and you you find the uh, the old vods of the live stream, uh, that that is what they are called. Um, it's probably not great uh, search engine optimization, but gosh <laughs> darn it, it's very amusing. So we do it. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, look out for that. Look out for an article where you, the fans, will get to vote on your favorite game of the of twenty seventeen. And yeah, it'll be a really exciting time. And uh, you should expect that post to the celebration uh, sometime in July. We're about to get started sort of with nominations. Uh, and then we'll do our actual voting. And it'll be fun and it'll be cool. There's also the awards for the best game of 10 years ago, best game of 20 years ago, now best game of 30 years ago, which also look like are going to be some pretty strong runnings. Yeah. Um, Jay, what were, what were you, you were saying, what, what were you think the biggest contenders are going to be? Uh, it's pretty intense. Like I'm, I'm trying to debate which is going to be bigger best game of 30 years ago or best game of 20 years ago, because 30 years ago, you get Mike Tyson's punch out Mega Man, Castlevania and the legend of Zelda. Like those are some pretty big games, but then 20 years ago you get, and I, I'm going to kind of start, out and work my way in so you get like harvest moon and ultima online parappa the rapper uh tomb raider 2 oh. fallout Star Fox 64 turok the dinosaur hunter castlevania symphony of the night mario kart 64 final fantasy 7 and goldeneye jesus yeah. like that was a big year like it, it's Just... wild to think that like harvest moon came out in the same time as this but like major like genre defining games goldeneye castlevania 
and Final Fantasy VII all came out in the same year. Well, this is 1997 was like a year where didn't like uh, maybe I've got this wrong, but like didn't um a lot of consoles like newer consoles like have their time to do it because the I think the Nintendo 64 came out in 1996. Yeah, so like and that, that's the PlayStation. Why came out that was when developers were really starting to hit their stride with the system I yeah yeah i don't actually know when did the original pay playstation if i had I to guess it... i would i i like i don't want to make any like predictions like ahead of the actual things but i want to say i would think that probably the most radical one was castlevania sympathy and night because that game defined a genre yeah like metroid created the metroid style games Me- castlevania symphony of the night made it into metroidvania it is the reason we call it that i don't know because like it's true but like final fantasy 7 people still go on about like it's still what do they go on about i don't actually i i okay. don't know what the appeal is of that game i'm not gonna disagree with you it's not the graphics i'll tell you that much but like i i think what it is is that i got into it's got good music though it has good music i'll give it that I think it's a lot of people's, like, first RPG, and yeah. so it was, like, their introduction, and so there's, like, all this, like, nostalgia. It, it, it's, a, like, a Legend of the... It, it's, like, a Legend... It's, like, the original Legend of Zelda, kind of, where it's, like, you know, it, it in in certain aspects, it really hasn't aged well at all, but it's, you know, it's people's first game or first RPG, so it's, like, there's a lot of love for it, nevertheless. It also did a lot for RPGs, like, going forward. In terms of ga- in terms of gameplay and ter- and storytelling, Final Fantasy was always yeah. always yeah. had fantastic storytelling. Yeah, cutscenes actually probably was yeah. where they really mm-hmm. did a lot of it. Yeah, it was. I think. I mean, it was the first Final Fantasy game to like have like three D. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like cuts, but like cutscenes where like the cutscene was different than just like the gameplay. Oh yeah, like, yeah. It wasn't yeah, yeah. in engine cutscenes, right? Like because that was part of it. Like. It was one of the first games where you had that huge disparity between cutscene graphics yeah, yeah. and gameplay graphics. Yeah. Yeah. And it's when we started seeing the rise of when the game like really segments like when this is a gameplay moment and when this is a story moment. Yeah. Yeah. And at the time, like nowadays we're like, oh, that's like <laughs> we're, we're tired of it because it's so easy to do now. Yeah. Um, but like back then, like that was that was like a huge thing to be able to do, to be able to take games into this like really strong narrative space where you weren't as limited by your games in engine graphics. Yeah. Everything doesn't have to stay in sprites. And I mean like there were still like cutscenes where like, you know, they would have different graphics. Like I mean, even in like the NES, like you had bits where like they, they cut away to like, you know, bigger things. But like like the whole full motion I think full yeah, motion FMP. I think it was full motion video. Yeah. Probably the PlayStation was probably one of the first ones where like full motion video was on a console that people like actually owned bought <laughs> yeah liked um and like full motion video wasn't like the only selling point yeah uh i don't know that for that sure. by the way uh i looked it up and it, it the playstation came out in technically 1994 but basically 1995 it was december 1994 so like both the nintendo 64 and the playstation had had a couple years to like get their to get everybody to get their feet wet with the new graphical style um 3d had sort of like you know had a year to grow a year or two to grow and so people were really getting their footing and not just dying because what is the z axis yeah (laughs) um or the y axis if you're a dumb person (laughs) Um, and you don't know how to develop a 3D engine. 
Uh, but yeah, like the idea, I, I th some of those like growing pains had left. So that's probably why 1997 was such a strong year. Yeah. Although, um, best game at 10 years ago also had some good ones. Um, mm -hmm. we're looking at, uh, like again, pretty, pretty broad range. So there's like Assassin's Creed, the original one, um, rock band, mass effect, halo three, uh, super Mario galaxy, Bioshock and portal yeah those are some heavy hitters yeah like and and oh uh pokemon diamond and pearl i don't know if that's one that oh no, those are good games uh well here here's here's my little spiel i love fourth gen pokemon diamond and pearl most people do not <laughs> i love it i just think it's so absurdly like it is purely the slowness of those games that are the only shortcoming in my opinion everything else the music great the story it's a Pokemon game. Get over it. Uh, the The gameplay was incredibly slow. Everything about that was slow to the point where they needed to even increase the speed of surfing in Pokemon Platinum. And like that, that was one of the, wasn't that one of the things that they were talking about when they were showing off uh, Pokemon Black and White? Was they were saying, "Wow, look at how fast the HP bars move now." Is because in Diamond and Pearl they would go. Uh, they moved it a crawl and everybody complained about it and hated it but other than that i really think they were really really good games see yeah i'm like james i believe you this isn't me like saying like i think you're wrong i never noticed that and that's that's interesting that like and i've, I've gone back to those games before um and i've never noticed how slow it is you're probably right like honestly that's just amusing to me that I'd never noticed that, like, the pace of the game is very slow. But, yeah, like, uh, I think if a Pokemon game is going to win, I don't Probably know if Diamond and Pearl. The, the one, the one, the thing I really thought was cool about it was, like, it was a huge, and part of it, the issue with this is that, like, you know, it, this is an, a mechanics update, so, like, all the other games have it afterward, too. But when they made the, and this is kind of technical for Pokemon, I guess a little bit, not that technical. But um, originally, uh, the type of the move determined which attack stat you use. So all fire type moves were special attack. All normal oh, that's type right. moves they were had the physical. The, the physical special split in Gen Four. Right. So not just like first of all, like that you know makes the game a lot more complicated and like allows for lots of different more different strategies. But also they really went to town on like okay, so what does a physical fire type look like? What does a special fighting type look like? And that's where you get things like Lucario and uh Infernape, which I I'm cool with Infernape even though Blaziken just happened because Infernape is what Blaziken should have been. Blaziken was dumb. Hey, in it's original in its original game. I love Blaziken. Game, I love Blaziken. From a from you, a mechanic you standpoint. Shut up. From a mechanical standpoint, it doesn't make any sense to make a Pokemon with a very high attack stat and then make okay. it part fire type. It it could learn double kick. That was all you needed back then. I we had double kick and we were happy with it. That's my point though. And sky uppercut. Oh yes. Ooh, sky uppercut, I forgot about that. Infernape had physical fire type moves, so like mechanically it makes sense to make this. And that's why you also got like all three starters in Gen 4 were physical because all of the starters before that had been special attackers except like Blaziken. But I don't like it. <laughs> Sceptile Infernape also so. didn't make sense. Sceptile had a high attack stat. I like and Infernape. No moves that uh, Infernape could use it. is still one of my favorites. 
Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm saying, like, living... Blaziken, I think, is my favorite. And Blaziken's super cool now that the physical special split he was, happened. He was cool back then, too. Yeah, I mean, he was cool back then just for different reasons. <laughs> he was visually cool, but... I mean, Swampert's like... I love Swampert, but, like, Swampert from a design philosophy is also dumb. Swampert in, that... Swampert in Gen 3 was OP. Right, but, like, a f ground type and a water type together doesn't like make sense but it does because it, it it water types are normally weak to electricity but it's a ground type so it's actually no, 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 no yeah, yeah, to electricity sense. i'm talking about i'm talking about from like what the physical special split fixed like there were no physical water type moves so having a physical water type was kind of silly but the type wasn't combination a physical water for... type he had lots of special but he had more attack i thought I'm looking this Swampert up right now. Bad. Swampert wasn't as bad. Sceptile, though, was, was very bad. Because Sceptile was only Grass-type. And I'm pretty sure... The only, the only it, redeeming thing about that was that it was just super fast. Yes. Sceptile was fast. But, like, wasn't good at other things. We're getting off topic. Um, the point is that I like Diamond and Pearl, but I don't expect it to win out among the, the those other things because it's usually regarded as like the worst Pokemon <laughs> generation. Portal all the way. Uh, Phantom Hourglass is also on there, and Metroid Prime Three Corruption not going to win. Also, both not games going I to haven't win. played, but I wish I could I play about... Prime Three. I wish I could play Prime. Oh yeah, that's also one. That's also one thing I'm looking forward to for E3. Metroid Prime Four. They're gonna show that off. Oh, that's right. Woo, Metroid. But we know literally nothing about exactly. that, so there's nothing to talk about. Um, hey guys, who's ready for a fan mail? Oh, do we have Ooh. one? I am indeed yeah, ready. We have a we have a fan question. Um, coming from Game Cola Superfam. Her mom is the boss. Thank you. Um, for your continued patronage. And the question reads: I recently finished drawing the students from uh Dankenropa Two, which uh, if you've listened to previous podcasts, you've uh, heard. Uh, or mom's sort of talking about this uh, art piece that she's working on and came across something odd as I had to draw the entire class I also had to draw Mahiru a character whose design I loved but personality despised she's obnoxiously rude and sexist while drawing her however I somehow began to feel like I saw a new side of her and upon completion I had completely changed my stance of hatred from for her to being that of tolerable. <laughs> this only proceeds to get even more complicated as I began playing through the game again and began hating her even more than I initially did. So hefty paragraph aside, have you ever had a change of heart for a video game character only to have them reinforce the initial stance that you took? <laughs> um, which I'm going to... I'm going to... First of all, James, John... I don't know if either... I, John, I don't think you can talk about this because this is from the second game. James... Uh, can you do you want to speak to this example a little bit? And I'm also just gonna say up front, I don't, I don't play narrative games, so like yeah. having opinions on the characters is not something that I often have the opportunity to do. So I'm probably not gonna have a lot to say on this question. Well, I I um, can say here, this is not so much answering the question that is being asked, but just kind of more elucidating what they're talking about. So this character. Uh, I can kind of see where they're coming from. This character is kind of a split. People either think that this character, she's very uninteresting and just kind of bland, boring, and a little bit annoying, or they say that she's really, really nice. 
and that like they really like her because like she's not while she is kind of naggy and annoying sometimes they're saying that the reasons for her like the motivations for her to kind of act this way are good and that once you understand that it it kind of makes you see it in a new light but i can i can kind of see why this this character they 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 do kind of tend to elicit that kind of response from what i've seen is it kind of a situation where, like, some people are like, and this may be completely off base, but like, I you like the difference between like liking a a character from a narrative standpoint and like liking a character as a person. Like, is it sort of that kind of dichotomy where it's like, I think this is a really well written character, um, who's like has strong motivations and like has is really well rounded and serves the story really well. But, like, as a person, I do not like them because they are, like, uh, they're mean or, you know, obnoxiously I rude think, or something like no, that. No, I, I wouldn't say that. I would say that there are that there are certainly characters like that in Danganronpa, especially in, you know, more so in, I think, Danganronpa 2 and Danganronpa V3. But this character, I think, it's more just a preference or kind of, being able to resonate with their motivations. Like, I think the character is well-written, and I think it, you know, they, they serve their story purposes well, etc., etc. Because what my, at least from my perspective, this character starts out being kind of obnoxious and rude uh, to you. Obnoxiously so, rude, even. Yes, obnoxiously rude. And they say <laughs> sexist because this character is a girl, and I wouldn't necessarily say sexist. She says, she says to the guys, like, who are in the group, like, she says, hey, it's your guys' job to help keep us safe, which is a little bit of an odd thing to say, I agree, but it's not like, the, the sexism is not the intent, it's more like, hey, you're the tough guys, you're supposed to take care of us, you know, because, like, you're, you know, this, like, because there are a lot of, like, bur you know, because there's a couple, like, macho guys there. So the character starts out as a little annoying, but as the as the story goes on, and if you choose to try and interact with them more, you, you notice that they're not just all constantly like just you know complaining and moaning about stuff. Like they have uh, they, they they have reasons for for saying these things, but they're also just not not like a constantly annoying person. Like you know they they'll talk with you and they you can have a nice conversation with them. I don't know. In my personal opinion, I actually like Mahiru. I didn't initially like them, but but with her, it was more of a case of I really didn't like her at first. But as I I as I it went on, I actually started to really like her. She's not like my favorite, but uh, I can I though I like I said I can see why perhaps your mom is a boss. Uh, still d dislikes her. It's kind of a a matter of you know how. How much you really resonate or can agree with their motivations and their reasons for acting the way they do. So people who've played narrative games, like, 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 is it is it is it common to like have? I, I guess like the idea of like, oh, you know, the game says that this character is supposed to be like this, and like they're trying to get you to like not like them or like them a lot, and then like plot twist, they're actually bad or they're actually good. Um, I guess maybe, maybe a, another view of this question is, is there ever, ever a time where, like, they try to do that, like, reversal of, like, oh, hey, actually, but this, and so you're supposed to like them now, um, where you're like, but I, I don't, though, 
Like, I still don't oh, like Oh, John him. knows all about that. <laughs> Sayaka from Danganronpa 1. It's a boy character you're supposed to, to start out liking. And then later, it's just kind of like, and John just the whole time was Sayaka? just, nope, nope, nope. Constant hate. But actually, though, so to, to go back to the question a little bit, there is actually... I think the only time I've actually, because I play a lot of narrative-driven games, a lot of visual novels and a, a lot of stuff sort of similar, I've had a lot of cases where, like I said before, kind of similar to my experience with Mahiru, where I initially dislike a character, I initially like a character, and then my opinion changes drastically. But the only time I think I've ever had my opinion drastically change and then could go back to what it was before is with a specific character in Danganronpa V3. I'm not going to say any more than that, but there is one character who I start out, who I started out feeling a certain way about them, and then I completely changed my opinion of them, and then very quickly changed my opinion right back to what it was before. So, and that's that's all I'll say on the matter to avoid spoiling anyone listening, as well as to avoid spoiling John. John, I want to hear more about this character that you were supposed okay. to like and didn't, okay. maybe? Yes. Oh, we, we, yeah, we can both kind of explain. I can kind of explain, like, what I think the story, what I think you're, the the writers intended you for, for you to feel, and then John can say what he thought. I fully inte- uh, see what the uh, writers were intending, but, uh, so in Danganronpa 1, there's a, the first character you meet is Sayaka, and she seems really nice and what and whatnot, and then... Slowly, the game, the game, uh, as you're talking to her, she says, Oh, I went to the same school as you. I've always wanted to talk to you, but never had the chance because I was just too popular. And right there, I'm just like, <laughs> I complete, like, that is totally unrealistic. If you wanted to talk to him, you would have done so because you're the most popular person in school and you can do whatever the hell you want. But the conversation still kept going, kept being melodramatic and. The game kind of forces you to talk with Sayaka, like it, for for like story reasons and just like general plot advancement. The care, the games, you know, the game kind of pairs you up with her because you're supposed, you know, they're expecting you to view her as like, oh, it's this super cliched, you know, oh yeah, I, you know, we we went to the same school, we we could, you know, we we could have been a thing. We knew but each we other all the time, but one of us, you know, was never able to like talk to the other until now, and so the game pushes this this relation you know this sort of budding relationship very hard at first so but this whole time while we were playing through all this stuff that is supposed to be you know kind of cute and maybe a little bit heartwarming is like when you view it from this different light of like i don't like this it just completely changes how you view this whole segment of the game it feels so manufactured the way it's executed (laughs) Like, it yes, feel- and I think that was probably a fault of, I don't know whether it was the fault of the translators or whether it was a fault of the initial, you know, the initial writers, but I can say that, yes, if you've played the game before and you don't, and if you've, if you've kind of seen that kind of plot or that kind of occurrence before, then yes, it really does start to look kind of recycled when you just kind of take a step back and look at it, but it's, it was actually, I have to say, this is still on a bit of a tangent, but it was just awesome seeing John's <laughs> reaction to that, because that was so different. Danganronpa was the first visual novel I ever played, or any, you know, the style game, visual novel style game, that I ever played. And so I was not privy to a lot of these cliches 
and other stuff that you generally see at the time. Mm -hmm. So my like my memory of all those events is just so vastly different from how he saw that. And that was just really awesome to to be able to see just this completely opposite perspective <laughs> of something like that. John, John, give me give me a play by play of like sort of your narrative journey through this character and like what the game wanted you to do. Uh, <laughs> like because you started out somewhere and ended up somewhere where the game I don't think wanted you to be. Um, uh, uh, if I remember correctly, um. There's like basic introduction, basic introductions. Um, it, the game hints that she, uh, she seems kind of familiar, but then, but then like, the main character gets interrupted by another guy, and so that's a plot thread that's introduced. But granted, it's also introduced with another character with, uh, and James pointed out in the video that when it's hinted at with the other character, it's never brought up ever again. <laughs> You're like one of the characters says, "Ha, huh, have we met before?" <clears throat> and then you say, "No, uh, I don't think so." And then she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry about that." And then that's the end of it. There's literally <laughs> nothing more to that. Ooh. So when it goes back to Sayaka and you start talking to her more, it's like she's saying very sweet things, but it's like she starts out sweet, but not, but it's, it's not realistic to me. It doesn't seem realistic. It doesn't seem natural. It's it's too good to be true, kind of. It's too sweet, almost. If you if you're kind of privy to these things well i'm not sure how many people know um how many people listening know this i'm a film student and i read screenplays all the time that i'll be honest aren't aren't good and it has some of that similar kind of dialogue and just feels like they're forcing this romance or friendship or anything and it just doesn't fit well so as soon like probably like the first line or like something where it's it's supposed to be very sweet and it kind of is i'm just like i don't buy this and as soon as it kept going and going, I just kept hating it more and more and <laughs> more. So, ugh. so basically, bottom line is John didn't. <laughs> John has been scarred by by bad film scripts, and so as a result, he could see right through all of this. Uh, this very cliched uh, intro to Sayaka's character. And then, is there like a twist? Uh, she's very she's very sweet to you. She sets up like a whole bunch of stuff, and then like the next day. She gets killed, shockingly. <laughs> so uh, she's the first victim of the whole game. So um, the whole thing is supposed to be, oh my, oh my gosh, like I, uh, she couldn't have done this because we talked about doing this, that, and that. And then it's just revealed slowly that she's been manipulating you this whole time as you as you kept talking to her from the moment you met. Which is a good twist, actually. It is a good. It, it subverts the whole. This is you know, it, it takes the whole cliche love story and turns it into something sinister exactly exactly but the thing is with that twist you're supposed to feel the, the sweetness and the kindness and and the naturality of this romance at first and i just didn't so i've been calling bullshit on it since the beginning and because and so after that twist happened i'm just like i knew it like i well not that i knew yeah he kind of predicted that that sayaka was doing all this to turn on us just because just, I think partially because he didn't want to believe that the story was really, that the writers were just pulling this entirely 100% cliched. Because there was good dialogue, there was good dialogue. Which with he was right about, too. but it was, it, it's not something you would naturally, I think, it's not a conclusion you would usually jump to, unless you were thinking that way. I do also appreciate bringing in like a, a, a film studies aspect, or a like perspective mm -hmm. 
to this. Yeah. Like, uh, I think we had, I mean, this was back like when I was in control of the podcast um, before I was overthrown, uh, <laughs> that we were discussing the whole concept of like, whoa, you know, video games is art and all that. But like, if you talk about a game that, quote, has a good story, what does that mean? Because it's still like a game with a good story is still kind of like below the story level of like a movie with a good story. But like when you build in the aspects of like, well, you're in control, you're like part of the character, you're more involved, like it gets some passes. And I guess uh, hearing kind of a like coming from the film background uh, is an interesting uh, perspective for me to hear from. Yeah, especially for, for that stuff. That's the thing though. Any movie or any game, it can have a fantastic story, but it all, I always say this, it all depends on execution. Like for a film, it depends on the cinematography, it depends on the pacing, depends on the music is a huge part of that. And, mm. and for a video game, it comes down to the gameplay also. It, it, yeah. it, re it really is. So like, uh, I'll say this, the story in Ace Attorney, every single one of them, it's over the top it's it's and it's stupid i'll say that right now the, the stories in Ace attorney are so stupid but the ex it's, it's, the it's there is a term for this but, it's it's stupid but the it's stupid John, but effective gonna, i'm not going to stop you but like choose you like finish this lot very carefully yeah but, like like okay. i said go with go with my terminology go call it stupefective Exactly. It's stupid, but effective. Exactly, so, but but since the gameplay and the music and the, the anime style, it's all equally as over the top, and it's just so enjoyable and satisfying the whole way through. It's still, it's still, and because of that, it's one of my favorite games of all time because it commits, it sets a tone with the story, it commits to the tone, and it just has a ball with it. On top of being an inter interactive, interactive visual novel that make that makes you think all the time, but there are times during the actual game I was like, there is like some, there is definitely like some things the game wants me to do, but I'm thinking in the, I'm thinking through a purely logical standpoint. It's like, no, why would he do that and this? And then I select the piece of evidence that I think is right, and it says no, and I'm either too, I'm either thinking two steps ahead or. Or the game just completely ignores that because that's not that's not what they want you to think. Yeah, takes yeah. twenty minutes to follow a, a two second line of logic. Exactly. Much like Dog and Rumpa in some cases. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We didn't we say that in like ep in um the yeah episode the two. We, uh, <laughs> yeah, we were saying it's like your character wakes up in this like he just got knocked out and then he wakes up on a bed. And they he, they had discussed dorm rooms before. So he's like, "Hmm, I woke up in this bed. I investigated and found my a key with my name on it. Therefore, I think we can safely assume that I am in my own dorm room." <laughs> and it's like, "Wow, it took you that many sentences just to explain that simple fact that should be obvious." Ugh. <laughs> And that's the thing, though. Ace Attorney also has it has good writing behind it because, as well as crazy and stupid as the stories are, the dialogue and the interactions all feel they're equally as over the top, but they also feel natural because the the game commits to that's the world that you're in. It feels natural for them. Yeah, world. it's like they feel natural for that world. It's like <laughs> this is the tone that this game is set. So therefore, these ridiculous things that these characters say sometimes feels very fitting. For such a bizarre and wacky uh, 
environment. I think we've gotten a bit off topic, though. What was the question? <laughs> I actually, uh, I actually have my own question, which is, hey, Coley, <laughs> what video games have you been playing? Uh, <laughs> Boom, baby. I've done more Breath of the Wild. That's yep. like I, I, I joined her in her Breath of the Wild streams, and I yelled at her in the comments. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you backseat Telling, me telling you to run to the south. No, to your left. No, you're turning, so it's the other right now. Wait. With latency. Darn you, stream yes. delays. Oh, boy. Streaming latency. Trying to give relative directions with stream latency. Yeah. Are you just, like, trying to, like, complete all the rest of it, or are you, like, starting over and, like, trying to play the game in different so, ways? So, what I've been doing is, um, I beat the game, but I'm also, I decided to go on a, um, all shrines, all, um, quests run. So, and then I have to finish doing the Champion's Ballad DLC. And that's been, that's been eating up most of your time? Yeah, honestly, yes. Because, like, <laughs> I'm not looking at guides to find the shrines. I'm just running around trying to find them. Are you using the little radar? Yeah, radar is bad. I haven't, like, yeah. and I don't, like, I don't know, it hasn't been, like, you know, I don't do, like, a one giant, like, six-hour stream. It's been, like, multiple, like, couple-hour-long streams, but, like, so I've been just kind of slowly working my way through that. Uh, I also get very distracted by everything. One, stra <laughs> one strategy I always do to find shrines, like, if I uh, the radar isn't going off, I always look at the giant map and see... Okay, where's the most empty space on this entire yep. map yeah. in, propor I do that too. in proportions to all these shrines? I do that as well. So I've been doing that, and I've also uh, I picked uh, Pokemon Conquest back up, and I've been playing mm. that. That's a I always forget about that game. It's a really interesting idea that I always forget to actually try out. It's been it's been a good one. It, like it's been a good uh, game to play. I've been enjoying it. Uh, can you give, like, a very short description of what it is for people who haven't heard of yeah, it? Yeah, so uh, basically you're, like, a warlord, and uh, there's this one guy who's trying to, like, I guess conquer the entire world. So you need to, like, I guess, like, in a sense, like, almost beat him to it, it almost seems like, because you go around conquering everybody else, but it's to, like, make a giant, like, alliance to stop this guy. And so I, like, I'm still very, like, early on in the game, so I don't, like, know terribly much about it. Still, but it's more of like you know just conquering other kingdoms and gaining allies so you can like get access to all these different Pokemon because you only get one. You start with Eevee, and that's like your partner Pokemon. So you got to work your way up. Like, oh, I went to this one kingdom. They're Water type, so I'm gonna get Water type Pokemon that I can use if I have to go to somewhere else. And oh, hey, this is a Fire type kingdom. Cool, I can use my Water type allies to fight the fire types with, and it'll, you know, super effective damage and stuff like that. What is, like, the gameplay like? Um, so it's like a, it's a grid. So you get to, like, move uh, characters, you know, X, like, whatever Pokemon, X many spaces, and you can either wait or attack. They also have, like, their own, like, special attack or, like, abilities. So, like, one of Eevee's abilities is, um, I can't remember the name, or I think it's, like, called Celebrate or something. So when you kill an ally, not an ally, an enemy, you can move again after you defeat them as Eevee. So there's like stuff like that. So it's it's pretty simple. It's just moving around and attacking, and I think you can use items too. Like there's potions you can use as well if you need them. It's like Pokemon Go. <laughs> You're just moving around and attacking. But it's not like walking sim. Yeah, and it doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
James, what games have you been playing? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I finally got my hands on a PS3. I know, right? Latest technology here. Oof. So this is now my... Well, James, okay. you can't say that when you're in a podcast with Jetty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. But still, I, I finally got a PS3. So for about the past uh, month and a and a week or so, I have just been binging Persona 5. Because darn it, one way or another, I am getting this game onto the Game Cola 2017 Awards. Because darn it, <laughs> it needs to be there. I knew it was a good game before I ever started playing it. And now that I'm playing it, and in the past, like I said, month and a week, I've gotten 103 hours in that game. Oh, wow. And I'm still not it's done. It's long game. I'm still it's not so done. long. I, I had a friend who was playing through it a second time. Oh, yeah, because so there's, like, there's a lot she's... of New Game Plus stuff you can do. Yeah. She she's got new game plus so she has like all the ability like all yeah you, you yeah, build you up all the stats, over. um and so like you can you can do all the different things and it's still like she played it like the entire school year it took her like that I mean to be fair she was like trying to do as much of the bonus stuff as possible oh, like, yeah. she was trying to like get all the achievements and like uh as many achievements as she could that she didn't get the first time around yeah and stuff like that. But, like, she was playing that game the whole, the whole, the whole year. Like, from, uh, from fall to spring. Oh, yeah. It, um, it is, so it is a months. fantastic, fantastic, and, and it's, it is just, it's so easy to do that. Like, it's, it, there is just so much in that game. Not that it's like, you know, it's not some kind of big open world game where it's like, oh, there's, Every you know the possibilities are endless. It's like no, the possibilities are finite, but it is extremely motivating to get you wanting to do all of this stuff. Like if you are the kind of person who likes these kind of games, you will just have an absolute ball with this game. It's so much fun. The music is great. The graphics are stylish more than anything else I've ever seen in my entire life, and. It's just a blast. And when you win a battle, you run around in a circle. <laughs> because. <laughs> well, unless you unless you defeat him with an all-out attack, in which case you get this awesome, cool pose that they strike. Yeah, but usually you just run around in a circle. <laughs> nah. Well, not not if you're good. Not if you're good at the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but so just like briefly, uh, it's Persona Five is like this RPG, and it's sort of split into these two categories of like. Um, where you go into people's brains and fight monsters that represent, like, you know, their inner demons, and it's all, like, allegorical, and it's like, oh, this is what this represents about You're this person. To, yeah, basically take down these people who are trying to take advantage of others. And it, it's, mm -hmm. split, it's split into two parts. There is, you know, it, it's a JRPG with these... It's, it, it's in the Megami Tensei series, so it's got a very special battle system kind of the way that the battle system works and the general mechanics of that they're all very specialized they're it's a bit like pokemon but that's not <laughs> really a very accurate comparison even so but it, it is a very unique kind of battle system and then the other half of the game 
is like Life Simulator, basically just welcome to anime Japanese high school social life simulator where you try and hang out where you hang out with all with all these different people and like get to know them better. And it, it's just a really, really well well executed fusion of these two seemingly completely different uh you know gameplay types and, and activities and it just it fuses together so well so yeah but that 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 is literally the only pretty much the only game i have played for the past at least month so joe what have you been playing i have been playing uh well uh most recently uh like literally just before the podcast i started playing sonic mania in order to get prepared for the uh year-end awards get another sort of game under my belt just like you're sort of working on persona 5 so that you can uh you know get into the awards ceremony um it's been all right so far uh i've played some sonic games before on like sega collections and they haven't been super my jam this is sort of in the same thing where it's like it seems like a very good presentation of what sonic is but also sonic just isn't something that i like as much but again like part of sonic is like you're supposed to replay it a bunch and like get good at going fast through the levels because you know what you're doing mm-hmm. speed um, through skill so i think yeah so like uh th- that's part of it uh but i think i've gotten like i don't know maybe halfway through the game uh i'm not sure so aside from the gameplay and and you know what whether it's your thing or not what do you think about it like real presentation wise etc you know what what do you think of of the game, uh, of the other aspects of the game, visually, auditorially, uh, you know, uh, you know, just overall presentation and, you know, how much content is there, etc. Well, I haven't beaten it, so I don't know, I can't really speak to the amount of, like, content in it and whether or not it's satisfying. True. Um, I, there's definitely some highlights of presentation. Um, I love the stages where you're getting the Chaos Emeralds and you're, like, chasing them in this 3D thing. Oh, yeah. I think that might be from a different Sonic game. I it's, don't know. It's supposed these... to be reminiscent. It isn't a direct... I think the they ripped the Sonic model, like the super low-poly Sonic uh, 3D model. I think they did rip that from, like, Sonic R from the Sega Saturn, I think. <laughs> but, uh, or maybe it was, like, Sonic R or Sonic Jam or something like that on the Sega Saturn. Uh, but it was supposed to be, like, reminiscent, I think, of the stages in Sonic CD, sort of, kind of-ish. Yeah. But, like, yeah, so, like, that, those are fun. Um, the, the colored balls, which I think are from three? Oh, the, it's definitely, the, the, the blue colored orb balls, thing? The blue orb Yeah, that's definitely yeah, that's lifted straight from one of them. Oh, yeah, that is, that is a straight rip from Sonic 3. Um, that one's less fun, but, like, still interesting. Um... And then, like, the visually, it looks really cool. Um, I like uh, some of the bosses are really creative. The the There's one, uh, there's a Puyo Puyo Tetris boss where you just beat Eggman at Puyo Puyo Tetris. And it's really more of a spectacle. Like, I played terribly at it because I didn't, it took me a second to, like, get into the groove. And I was being, I was awful. But he still Is lost, this, uh, like, really bad. Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine? Yeah, that's Basically. <laughs> I think Dr. it was a Robotnik's reference to that. Bean Machine. But yeah, so it was yeah. One of the bosses was like a reference to that, where you just play that, and that was that. And it's got fun stuff like that. Um, there's still some like like frustrating things in it when Sonic gets you to slow down, wants you to slow down. It's like I mean I can, but like that's not really the point of this. Um, and some of the bosses are a little weird. Like all pretty much all the bosses are g- very gimmicky, which sometimes is really cool and sometimes is really not. 
Um, and I think my major complaint is that pretty much every boss so far only does one thing. Or ha does like a couple things, but they're all really simple. And so they're not quite as interesting as like maybe something where it's like, well, after you hit it, you know, a couple times, like it changes a lot. Um, some of them have mixed it up. Like there's the weather boss that that's, that's kind of interesting, but it still kind of just goes in that one cycle and doesn't get like harder. Um, so I think like that could have been, you know, sort of updated better. Not updated, but like just, just handled better. Um, we'll, we'll see. Cause like the thing about Sonic games is like, especially for me, it's like, it's really the final levels that like make or break it where it's like, this is where I've stopped having fun. Once you get to a certain level of difficulty, um, is usually where I've bailed on Sonic games before because it's like, this is hard and it's not necessarily unfair, but like, it's not hard in a fun way. So I'm going to stop, but we'll see. We'll see what I get to. Um, I've also been playing the Stardew Valley multiplayer with my friend Dana, um, who's been on podcasts and mentioned before, and it's been a lot of fun. I mean, it's basically just, you know, Stardew Valley, but with two people, and that's, that's kind of the whole thing, and it, and, but it works well. Um, I don't know, has anybody else been doing that? I played Stardew Valley for a little bit, but I just got so wrapped up in other games and other stuff, I have not come back to it. I've been meaning to, because I, I did enjoy it, not I wasn't, like, floored by it or anything, but I thought it was just kind of a nice, relaxing, fun little thing to do. But uh, it does, the introduction of multiplayer definitely makes it seem like it's going to be where things get really interesting. But yeah, that's where that's where I've been at. Jetty, what video games have you been playing in recent times? Um, So, two things. Um, <laughs> First, a couple of nights ago, um, we went over, they have... Um, like an arcade bar here in uh, Salem, Ooh. and uh, would you call it a barcade, perhaps? Uh, you could, in fact. Um, Bit Bar here in Salem. It's literally Bit Dot Bar for the website. Uh, <laughs> but um, it was fun. Uh, ate some good food. Uh, played a bunch of video games. Um, I got like a lot higher score than I thought I would in Cubert. Um, but mostly because I think everyone who plays Cubert is really bad at it. Um, <laughs> and then, oddly, uh, okay, so I grew up with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game for the NES, yes. which is, like, it's a classic. But I did not realize how different the actual real arcade game is. Oh, yeah, no, it's it's straight up like uh, TMNT4, Turtles in Yeah, Time. it is straight up yeah. Turtles in Time. But also, it's way shorter. It's missing like half the levels. Yeah, no, that was because um, that I believe I've read up. Yeah, I read up on this actually. But since um, they couldn't replicate the uh, presentation of the arcade game for the on the NES because it's the NES. Yeah, they yeah. Um, they and just made they more levels. Not to just change the title, and yet they decided <laughs> to still call it the arcade game. <laughs> yeah, uh, is the NES version four player? Like, can you plug a four score into it? Oh, I, I don't, doubt it. I don't think so. I highly, I I highly doubt it. Which one had more levels, the arcade or the, the NES? Yeah, the version. NES game had like double the levels. Like I was surprised when we got to the end to make to make up <laughs> for the lack of presentation. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like uh, other than that, um, I have actually been playing a game recently. I bought a whole bunch of games while I was in Japan. Ones that I'd heard of, or like uh, like they're supposed to be classic RPGs, or like just ones that were totally out there. And I was like, this box looks amazing. I'm getting it. <laughs> But I've been playing Romancing Saga, which uh, it's like a, a it's a name that like you're like oh yeah I've heard of that you know whatever it is 
<laughs> and I really think I would have really enjoyed this game if it had been released in the States when I was a kid. Like, there are a lot of... <clears throat> it's a weirdly open-world game for being, like, how, a really... How, how old is it? Like, what, what, what system is it for, etc.? Super Nintendo, and it's, like, an early oh. Super Nintendo game. Um, like, wow, really? Yeah, like, uh, I would guess it was out in maybe 91. Like, I can go look it up real quick. Uh, yeah, it says 92, but, like... The graphics are maybe on par with, like, Final Fantasy 2, like, Final Fantasy 4. It's not that impressive looking, and, I don't know, the story's kind of hit or miss, because, again, it's open world, and you can, like, pick one of eight characters and all this stuff. Like, there's a lot of things going for it in terms of design. Like, the battle system is really cool, because, like, unlike Final Fantasy or, like, Dragon Warrior or something, where you have, like, a set, your characters all stand in a row and they kind of attack you know one at a time there's like a grid formation like it's not really a tactical system but there's a lot more to like you can see all the enemies on the screen like uh when you're walking around on the map and the like angle that they come in at is which direction it like rotates the little square of like where everybody is so like if they come at you from behind your characters will be in like the wrong order and if you have a sword character at the back, they can't do anything. And if you have your, like, a bow person up in front or whatever, like, it's, there's a lot of things going for it. I really want to like the game, but it's not actually that good. <laughs> like, is the gameplay actually not that good, or is it, like, bad writing, or? It, it's kind of a mix of everything. It's like they had, like I said, like, they, they had good ideas. They really went for it, but it's still an early RPG. And, like, you look at a bookshelf, and, like, one of them says, like, oh, you know, you're reading this little explanation of, like, uh, the world. And then you look at the next bookshelf, and it literally just says, book. (laughs) (laughs) Book. Nailed it. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Somebody forgot to type something there. You you open it, and it just says book. And you're like, I I don't disagree. Flip through all the pages. They're not... Sample Not text. Technically All wrong. 300 pages just have the word book on it. Oh, or like uh, the weapons. A bunch of the weapons have like fantasy names. There's like the Garl sword and like the Verney sword. And it's like, well, which one's better? Because there's also the Garl spear and the Verney spear. But they're like mixed. It's not like a one-to-one, this one's always better. And like in one case, the Verney sword is actually like a... um like a one-handed sword, but the Garl sword is a two-handed sword, or whatever. It's like, well, the, name them something different then. So, like, there, there's a lot of weird little details that I would have really loved it if I had had this game in 1992. Playing it now, eh. It's kind of showing the, the showing the cracks. Yeah. But, uh, John, what have you been playing? Um, I've actually been prepping for my next, uh, video, for my next, uh, Cold Cut Reviews videos. And I've been playing, um, and hype for the uh, new movies coming out uh, this summer, I've been playing some Jurassic Park games and some Mission Impossible games. Oh, yeah, you are talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I played um, Mission Impossible from 1990 on the NES, based on the uh, TV show. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to talk about there. <laughs> License games on the NES. <laughs> yeah. All terrible. But it, was, it wasn't actually terrible. Um, 
it's 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 actually it's like spy it's like the spy version of legend of zelda actually which is weird really it's very interesting but it's also really funny because like um, i don't have a manual and i have no idea what the game was going in so it just starts you off puts you in the middle of the road and i'm like oh god what the hell is going on so and so i just see arrows pointing in pointing into buildings so like okay i guess i'm going into this building i talked to one guy and he just says flick these switches and i'm like okay and then i leave <laughs> and then i go out in the middle of the road and then i just see and then i see this was really funny. I, I I see uh someone walking on the street and I'm and my mind thinking, oh, it's a video game. That's probably enemy. I go up and I punch him right in the face. <laughs> and then next thing I know, a helicopter comes, picks up my the main char- the playable character, and then someone else replaces him. Meaning I just lost a life. What? <laughs> because I blew my cover. <laughs> Which it was so Yeah, because you just but punched does... the civilian. But then but then, so, I, as the second character, I walked through the street again, and then another civilian came out to me, and it's just like, you! And then start attacking me. I'm like, oh god, what do what? I do? <laughs> so I punch him out, and nothing happens. I'm like, okay, cool. Then I walk into, what? and then I walk into a bar, a bar building, and, and I talk to this one guy, and then next thing I know, five other secret agents come in and start attacking me, and I beat them up. And then I go outside into the road, and next thing I know, a car comes by and runs me over. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to say that a helicopter swooped through the But not only does it not run, but not only does it run me over, it sends the character flying like twenty blocks down, and then it says I lost another life, and then I get replaced by another separate character. And each character has their own like special abilities, and I haven't figured out a way to switch between them willingly yet. <laughs> Kind of like Maniac Mansion, except without the controls, and also it looks like Legend of Zelda. Yeah. So with this main character, I actually find where I'm supposed to go. I actually supposed to talk to one person, get a passport from them, and then go into the alley where the actual game starts. And it's and it's pretty much like you're in this one dark alley where a bunch of enemies are coming at you. I'm like, okay, cool. This is fun. It's like look. A little exploring, and then I go into a sewer, and then and but and keep in mind the sewer level. I keep in mind <laughs> this whole game is top down view, so I can't tell what's a pathway and what's a barrier because NES yeah. graphics. So I go into the sewer, and I see okay, that's off. Okay, there's obviously going to be a barrier there in front of the water because why else would I? Because if the game won't let me pass by, only go on a certain path, it certainly won't let me go in the water. So I just maneuver my character onto like the onto the edge of the screen because. It's so weird. And then, next thing I know, he falls in the water. And then he gets dra- dragged dragged up, and I lose another life, and it's game over. <laughs> I'm like, what the... It was so... It was so funny, though. Like, I can make a whole video just on that game. But then, I also <laughs> played um, the N64 version, which is just as cryptic. Doesn't tell you anything. <laughs> and... <laughs> But I mean, you're a secret agent. You're expected to know this stuff. Exactly. So, but but the N64 version at least tells me what my mission is, what the objective, and who the characters are, and what to do. But it doesn't tell you. I tried looking in the menus. It doesn't tell you what the controls are and what you can and can't do. <laughs> so I'm walking into level one, and then I I'm just like, okay, where? Um, go to this white dot on the on the thing. I'm like, okay, cool. And then so. Next thing I know, this uh, the 
my character talks to another character that's in that building about, oh, I'm just walking my dog. Have you seen them? And he's like, sure. He's like, oh. And then he's like, wait a second. They're, this is a closed facility or whatnot. And then he starts attacking you. So I kill him. <laughs> so, and then I just pick up something from the desk. It says one objective complete. I'm like, okay, cool. What? <laughs> I'm like, okay, didn't know that's what I was doing. So then I go back outside, get attacked by like three guards. I kill, I kill them. I run out of ammo. So I'm, so at this point, I'm just looking around for ammo. And then I get a message saying, "Hey, hurry up! It's freezing out here." I'm like, uh, uh, weird. Okay, weird. But I guess that just means there's a time limit. This, then I go next. I see a car and a person standing next to it. And granted, he looks like every other enemy it, that I that I've seen so far. So naturally, I shoot him because I think he's another enemy. And then after I shoot him, I get another message saying, abort mission, abort mission. Turns out that was the contact I was supposed to meet there. <laughs> I mean, what better way than to disguise yourself as the enemy? It's a good point. This the is enemy a spy will mission. just think it, you're one of them. They aren't going yeah, to make you. It makes sense, but it just he just looks like every other enemy I have seen so far. I'm like, okay. It's also generic N64 graphics, exactly. so that was probably the best they could do. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, those are the two Mission Impossible games I played. And then um, for Jurassic Park, all right, it's weird, because Mission Impossible only has, like, in its entire lifespan, has only had five video games made out of it. Well, technically five. One of them's an iOS game. But Jurassic Park has, like, 25 plus i'm like oh god yeah. i don't know where to start you start with the point and click adventure game on sega cd uh, that one i'm actively avoiding <laughs> <laughs> you should be um so i look i look up on youtube i'm like okay so which one of the so how many of these jurassic park games have been covered before how many people know about them how many of them are popular everyone knows about the arcade games because those are awesome a lot of people know about the Nintendo and Super Nintendo, the Genesis versions, because they were featured on Angry Video Game Nerd, and I don't, and I just don't want to copy him for the most part. And then I, just, and then I see a PC game called Trespasser Jurassic Park. I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. And so I look up gameplay. It looks terrible. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a lot of fun. And then I, look, I do more research on it, and I see it has a whole backstory of development issues. Prop problems they had, rush deadlines, what they wanted to do. I'm like, this whole this one game alone can provide a huge informal informal video, like not even just like bashing on the game, but just like on game design in general. It's so there's so much material there. I that that's what I've been doing lately, just prepping for that, <laughs> prepping for those videos. Well, I think on that note, it's about time for us to wrap up. Uh, good podcast, everyone. Good job. Round of applause. Yay! Yay! Woo. That's my rambling. Someone is tapping a metal thing, and that is strictly against the rules, and you're off the podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> that was just my mic. Oh, you're hitting the microphone. Okay, you're back on the podcast. It's fine. Um, Jesus. Uh, thank you for listening to the Game Cola podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to check us out on our actual internet website, GameCola.net, where you can find uh, all of our other podcasts and articles. Um, links to our video productions, which you can find on our YouTube channel, gc.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, and the word net, where you can find uh, playthroughs and video reviews like the ones you heard about on today's podcast. Uh, you can also find us on social media if that's the way you like to stay up to date on things. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Game Cole and you'll find us with the little G guy that you probably see somewhere where you're consuming this podcast from. Um, speaking of places you can consume the podcast from, 
Uh, be sure to check us out on iTunes if you haven't already, or the podcast app. And if you do, uh, leave us a review and rate us five stars, and it helps the podcast get spread around. Just like uh, another way you can spread the podcast around is to introduce it to your friends. Um, if you think that there's an episode like this one or another episode that you think that they would really like, uh, show it to them. And word of mouth is a great way to, you know, give back to a podcast if you uh, if you want to you know, be able to make inside jokes with your friends. Like, we make inside jokes on the podcast. Like, how Jetty has never played a video game before. <laughs> how, uh, I, I'm just sitting here in amazement at what a, what a future it is that you could uh, be playing the PlayStation 3. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's amazing. Just next gen, man. Yeah. Uh, pe- people can, uh, can, they can tweeter us with the tweet number, um, GC Podcast. Hashtag GC podcast. Oh right, the hashtag. The hashtag. Yeah. I already did Twitter, Jenny. What are you talking about? Oh, and we yes, have the if email. You do, if you do hashtag uh, GC podcast, you can ask us a question. You can also uh, email us uh, and uh, ask a question, and we can use it as a discussion topic for the podcast, like we did today. Yeah, and I, uh, you can also find us on Twitch uh, for live streams. Hopefully, we'll be kicking those off now that the summer has hit. Um, definitely keep an eye on it for the uh, year-end extravaganza 2017 <laughs> and 2018. Um, and I think that is everything. So thank you again for listening. Have a wonderful time of day wherever it is that you are right now. And we will see you next month. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 There's also the awards for the past game of 10 years past, or best game of past, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to edit that and start that again. <laughs> Ahem.